Joseph Pasek of BarnBurner.ca, our twice-daily podcast is entitled Fired Up, now on iHeartRadio, also on 65 platforms. This is a very special, special edition of Fired Up. It's our thousandth show, and I had to bring back my great, great friend, the broadcasting legend, the icon, the Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call him, Stormin Norm Rumack is back. Stormin Norm, how are you? Oh, uh, well, a little bit of a cold, but made my voice better. So it's a good cold to have in that sense. Uh, I don't enjoy having colds and coughing and all that. But other than that, Joe, can't complain too much. Uh, doing quite well. Keep busy doing security work and uh, still get to follow uh, my favorite uh, teams. Uh, and so, yeah, no complaints. Thank God. Uh, nice right. to be on, by the way. Nice to be back on. Great yeah. to be back on. Can you believe a thousand of these already since we relaunched the barn burner? Yeah, that's right. I joined you back. I mean, we had done shows together like way back when I was on the Fan 590. But uh, yeah, I joined you early in 2016. And uh, we were doing three, four, five, six shows a week, depending on what was going on. Uh, and we had some great guests. I know you do now. So uh, yeah, always a lot of fun being on Barn Burner. All right, so Norma, uh, quickly, we're going to close it out, but I got to ask you, Syracuse and uh, my favorite team in the English Premier League, Chelsea. Oh, yeah, you're Chelsea. Team. I converted you into a Chelsea fan. Oh, what, yeah. What do you Pinocchio think? Pinocchio is speaking. Hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what, uh, I know John Nelson is going to listen to this, uh, uh, also a Hall of Famer for Barnburner. Do you have anything to tell John about Chelsea and his Swansea. <laughs> no, I, I'm not like that. I, uh, you know, I, as a sports fan in terms of Swansea, of course they uh, were relegated, but I don't, you know, look, I, I want, as you were pointed out, my team is Chelsea and I like my team to beat everybody else, of course, but I don't, uh, believe it or not, you may find it hard to believe. I don't take great pleasure in other fans having their team in the rare situation. It doesn't happen in North American sports. There's no relegation. Imagine if the Leafs, the NHL, had, uh, you could be relegated. Where would not, the Leafs be? Like years not 60 ago. years. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, well, that's right. Everyone that comes to 67, they had some they had some pretty good teams. But they had some awful teams as well. So anyway, I don't make fun of fans of teams that have been uh, relegated because it's an awful thing to go through. It can, it can destroy the team. You know, yeah. uh, so it's it's a it's a it's an awful situation. So I would never make fun of them, uh, and but you know, there's still some fans I know uh, when Chelsea struggled, uh, and years ago uh, when the uh, they, uh, Chelsea had been relegated a few times, going back before the Premier League started in '92, and that would go back to the uh, the uh, 1980s. Yeah, uh, they had some troubled years, but anyways. Chelsea's off to a great start, but it's a long, long way to go. There's several uh, teams that are right up, bunched close together. There's you and John Nelson and uh, the uh, other fellows you have on Talking Footy. So between Liverpool, Manchester City, and Chelsea and Arsenal, and we'll see what happens with Manchester United. They've had a tough start. Are they going to stick with Mourinho? We don't know. But anyway, nothing. It's it's like all the other sports uh, you and I and your listeners follow. Nothing other than baseball is decided in uh, September or October, uh, not when it comes to uh, club football uh, in England or anywhere else. So, long, long way to go. And as far as uh, the Swans, his team Swansea, well, I wish them luck. I hope uh, things go better for them. 
Uh, but like I say, uh, there are some people who do make fun of uh, other fans or other teams. And I, I understand why. It's a, they are bitter, bitter rivalries. And, you know, they like taking pot shots at each other. But I don't like doing that. I don't, I don't think it's classy if a team is rock bottom and you start making fun. I actually admire those fans who stay with their team yeah. when they struggle and go right down to rock bottom. Uh, that that says a lot about those people, about their loyalty. So, anyway, I wish them well, and I keep my fingers crossed that uh, uh, Chelsea under Maurizio Sarri this year are playing exciting attacking football. Hopefully, uh, things for Aiden Hazard and the rest of the club uh, will continue to go well. So far, so good, but way too early to make any predictions or be uh, overconfident about anything. Okay, I'm going to do some quick flyer with you, and then we'll close it out here. Uh, give me your prediction for the World Series, of course. Milwaukee taking game one. Uh, Boston-Houston just uh, playing uh, game one tonight. Uh, yeah. But uh, what's your prediction for the World Series? And then we'll move on to NBA and NHL and close it out. Okay, well, I'm not a particular fan of any one team. Uh, you know, so having said that, it would be nice if you're, I think if you're a neutral, it would be nice to see the the smallest market of the lot. In that case, being Milwaukee, It'd be nice to see the Brewers win a World Series. Uh, now that's a monumental task. You like as you talked about in the ALCS, those two monster clubs. Holy smokes! I mean, wow. Between Boston and Houston, uh, so even the team. The team that loses out in that series is gonna is still gonna be a great team. Even if they get swept, I don't think that's gonna happen. But you got two great clubs there. I'm just saying Milwaukee, I would think. And and to be totally honest with you, Joe, I haven't had a chance to see many of the Brewers games. But I would think going into either against Houston uh or Boston that Milwaukee would be the underdog. Uh but it's not about being the underdog, like I say, it's a nice it's, I visited Milwaukee before, it's a nice city, a great part of the country. So it'd be nice to see the so-called underdog win, but either way, uh, there's great stories. You know, we got to love the way uh, the Red Sox uh, have been rebuilt quickly under David Dombrowski, former executive with Detroit Tigers. Uh, and in Houston, you know, we know what they did last year, and Houston yeah. was devastated a year ago with the terrible floods. And uh, so, and I'm sure they're still rebuilding and by the way, uh, you know, as we speak right now, uh, parts of northern Florida have been devastated more re- recently, of course, the Carolina. So for our friends in those parts of the United States, we're thinking of you and we wish you well. And uh, hopefully a uh, good Lord will bless you with a quick recovery economically and every other which way. But um, I, I, there's no bad stories with the clubs remaining in Major League Baseball. Uh, so, so are you still going to yeah. pick your, your World Series pick? Come on, Norm. I don't have time. i got to go to Starbucks. All right. Well, okay, first I got to make up my mind between Boston and Houston. <laughs> okay. uh, it's like, okay, I'm going to go with, I'll go with Houston, Milwaukee in the World Series. Okay. And then, and I haven't had a chance to watch a whole bunch of the games, but I guess I got to go with Houston. I'm just, so just they repeat, in your eyes, they repeat. I would yeah, like, who are, who are you picking, Joe? I, I like Boston and Milwaukee and AL East divisional rivals in 1980. How do you like that, Norm? Yeah, well, hey, you're right. There was a time when, uh, uh, when uh, you know, Milwaukee was Milwaukee. By the way, when the Blue Jays were a World Series champion that year, and a couple of years prior, you ask any of the Blue Jays who are on that team, the, the World Series clubs yep. in '92, Milwaukee made their life miserable. They could they they 
I think they always used to lose the season series to Milwaukee. Yep. And, of course, that Milwaukee team had my good buddy, and gentlemen you know quite well, Paul Molitor. He was yes. part of that team. My good buddy. You know, you yeah, know, Paul, Paul, Paul Molitor, let me tell you a, sh- a short story, Norm. I don't know if yeah. you know this, okay? Paul Molitor uh, took a shirt from some guy named Norm Rumack, a hammerhead yeah. shirt, a hammerhead shirt, and went yeah. eight for eight in a doubleheader. Did you know this? Yeah, and what and against which team, Joe? What's the rest of the story? I, 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 you know, I, I'm getting old, Norm. I'm uh, getting old. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the thousand yeah. episode of Fired Up. I'm old. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, uh, it was uh, it was uh, that Kansas City, a doubleheader in Kansas City, wore the Hammerhead Alert shirt. If anybody remembers that, well, some of you will, uh, who are listening. Uh, I used to give out to my listeners the Fan Five Ninety. Anyway, so Paul Molitor told me he wore it under his uniform on a doubleheader in Kansas City, and told me he went eight for eight at the plate. And I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about it. But yeah, and, and he kept on wearing it. So not that Paul, I don't think, really needed much help with my shirt. But, you know, he was a pretty good player, World Series MVP, 1993, and a Hall of Famer. Then uh, we talked about Hall of Famers with Barber. There's a real Hall of Famer. And you know what, yeah. Joe? To this day, I don't know if you or your listeners know this, to this day, as far as I know, he's the only American-born athlete that has lived in Toronto with his family year-round. He did that for a couple of years. He's the only one I ever know between baseball, football, uh, and you know even hockey. I mean, half of them are Canadian at least. But yep. the only one that I know of that's lived in Toronto year-round had his kid in school in Toronto year-round. Uh, I think, I think, uh, actually, I, I was thinking maybe Antonio Davis, but I don't think he had his kids here year-round. He only had them here for basketball season. And they, he, you know, took off or he wanted to get out. But, yeah, Molly is the only guy I know of who's American-born that lived in Toronto through the offseason with his kid and she, his daughter. Went to school here, like, year-round. He did that for a couple of years. Pretty amazing. What, and he's looking for a job now. Anybody would be an asset well, to, to any team. Job. Yeah. All right. Let's, get a job. Yeah. Let, let's uh, quickly close out. with First, let's start with, with basketball. I want your take. I know it's two months, but I didn't take have your take. I haven't talked to you. I haven't seen you at Starbucks. This guy's yeah. working more harder than he's ever worked. And yeah. you know what? Now, since it's the thousand episode, I need security, Norm. Are you going to be my bodyguard? Are you going to be my security? Yeah. How much do you pay? I, I, I'll give you the same amount that I gave you when Barnburner. Thousands and thousands of Canadian tired dollars. Steve Carney has it. Wow. I'll take it back from Steve Carney and give it to you. But anyways, oh, what yeah. do you think? What do you think of the trade? And what do you think uh, the Raptors are going to do as they start the season this week? Wow. Well, you got a great player in Kawhi Leonard. There's no doubt about that. Um, I still wonder. I still wonder in terms of the team chemistry. Uh, and like I said, no one. There's nothing to dispute about Kawhi's potential. And, again, he was off for a long time with injuries the last year or so. So yeah, have to see how he plays, you know, when the, when the games count. So there's no question about his skill level. I still wonder how the players in the locker room are feeling if they feel uh, – I hate to sound overly dramatic here. But, you know, considering the esteem that DeMar was held in that locker room, especially by his best friend Kyle Lowry and the other players, and the way, according to DeMar DeRozan, things went down, I wonder if the players feel betrayed 
by Messiah Jerry. And let's face it, I mean, he's trying to do what he thinks is best for the team as opposed to worrying about, you know, guys being friends because, I mean, that does happen in sports. Guys get traded. But I kind of wonder what will the team spirit be like? And I guess if Kawhi can do enough to win games for them, then you would think they'll put that behind them. But, you know, he was, DeMar was iconic uh, in Toronto and yeah. was, as we talked, talked about Paul Molitor. Again, DeMar is one of those few guys who, amongst NBA players, never mind visiting Toronto. Anybody can say they like visiting Toronto. But how many Raptors have wanted to live here? And I'm not knocking them. I mean, guys wow. have hometowns. they got families spread out in different stuff. So I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, if we're honest, how many NBA guys, at least in the history of the Raptors, have wanted to live like be? In other words, Toronto was their first choice as a place to be. Can't really say there's anybody that I can think of. So I'm just saying, how will that affect the locker room? Guys won't say anything. I don't think so. I doubt it if they do feel that way. And then, then beyond that, in terms of on the court, we know that you know, no big secret, Kawhi would like to play with his good buddy, LeBron, in Los Angeles. So regardless of how, even put it this way, even if the Raptors made the finals or, or they somehow could play in the finals and they knocked off Golden State, uh, whatever, however it came about, would he still want to stay? Or if he had the choice and the chance to go join LeBron in L.A., would he still do that anyway? Well, I guess if Toronto won a championship, the fans wouldn't really care. They'd say, hey, thanks very much. We've got something to dine on for the next 10 years. Um, so that's an interesting question. And having said that, uh, as you know, Joe, as you know, I don't know with, with wide disapproval, I said, who did I say to watch out for three years ago when nobody was talking about Brad Stevens? Yes, yes. You, and the Boston Celtic, right? Didn't did I say, say that? Watch you were better than Captain Canada, Drew Ebanks, who never said that, all right? He never said that. Drew, a shout out to Drew Ebanks. But anyways, yeah. uh, you, you did say Boston, and, and you did say you did say the, the point guard, Kyrie Irving, is going to be fantastic, and you know he's already saying he's going to stay in Boston past yeah. this year. So, are you saying yeah. the Celtics come out of the East? Well, I put it this way: I think we would. I think I'm hoping uh, that whoever you're a fan of, if you got to see an Eastern final, and I'm talking about with everybody healthy, uh, that that's not realistic because usually guys are injured by the end yeah. of the year. But if both teams are healthy between Boston and Toronto. I think if that was a, let's say it worked out that was a conference final, then uh, you're looking at a real treat. That could be just a great, great showdown. I mean, I talked about before, and all honesty, Joe, as you know, I said Danny Ainge is a genius yeah. when it comes to finding players. And, you know, I realized I got a bit of a laugh from some folks at first, but you can tell. Uh, a, between hiring Stevens and B, the players that he's brought in and they've developed there, I'm telling you, they are, and Toronto knows this, and the fans know it, they are a dangerous team, even with Kawhi being on Toronto. So that could just be a great series. could go either way if both teams are healthy. So I think my at this point, I'd be looking at either the Celtics or Toronto representing the East in the final. And let's face it, now with, with Boogie being on <laughs> Golden State, Cousins coming off the bench. I mean, you and I, Norm Jessen, on we the Norm would talk about that. It's like, well, where when he was still, you know, uh, looking to be traded out of Sacramento, where is he going to end up? And Norm Jessen was hoping he ended up in Toronto. Well, a guy like that coming off the bench, that's insane. Joe, unless they get five starters injured, 
I'm sorry, I gotta say, Golden State's winning it. No, I mean it's just it, I've no, never uh, seen it. There's no sorry. Uh, they they have an All Star team playing regular season games. That's the honest yeah. truth. It's an All Star team. They could now with Cousins being there. You think like, let's say they're healthy or one or two guys. If they're doing well in their division, they could rest a few guys the yeah. last three weeks of the season. They could. Yeah, they could. All right, so we'll close it out with uh, your team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Norm, I got to say this. All joking aside, you were the biggest Toronto Maple Leafs backer uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now I'm going to take away the rose-cutter glasses here. Five games into the season, tell me the last time you ever seen Toronto Maple Leafs Number one in scoring, number two in scoring, number three in scoring, number four in scoring. Morgan Riley broke Bobby Orr's record. Is this something to build off? And could you see the Maple Leafs forget winning a round, winning two rounds, winning three rounds, and eventually, since 1967, going to the Stanley Cup final this year? Or uh, do they need to trade William Nylander and get two solid defensemen to get to that? Yeah, well, Joe, you already know my answer to that because I'm the only one who pointed out the last two years, much to the disappointment of Leaf fans, that their defense, I pointed out the start of the year, their defense. Swiss cheese. Well, I mean. That's what you said. Okay. I'm using those well, words. Yeah, well, you're right. And for I hate to rain on anybody's parade, but I, I do get a little bit of a kick out of doing that. Now, <laughs> it, would be great, it would be great for Leaf fans if they finally won a cup for the first time since 67. The city would go insane. Parts of the country would go insane. But, 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 here it is, Joe. Okay, let's even look at this small piece of the schedule. And most GMs, just so folks understand, don't look at, don't review their teams or assess them thoroughly until about the 20-game mark around U.S. Thanksgiving, okay? So let's get a reality check there. All right, I said even during the summer, before they got to VARs, after they got to VARs, the Leafs can score, even last year, the Leafs can score goals as well or better than anybody in the National Hockey League. And then, you know, Tavares is the icing on the cake. But, Joe, you look at the games they played, who they played against. Like, yeah. were any of them in the playoffs last year? And, the, and the game they lost, they yeah. lost to the Ottawa Senators. The, uh, the rebuilding Ottawa Senators, obviously without Mr. Carlson. And they so were lucky they to beat Montreal in overtime. Let's now, and what's happened in these games so far? Every time the Leafs score, not like, Right away, but the other, well, so, uh, Joe, I hate to say it, the Leafs, I'm sorry, to all due respect, they're not the Edmonton Oilers of the mid-1980s. Toronto has some great, great, and arguably best players in the league, but, you know, it's it's way too early. Uh, All I can say is, can they score or outscore anybody? Yes, but their defense, as far as I'm concerned, is not good enough. I mean, we're talking about Iowa, Sorry, talking about teams like Ottawa being able to score against them. Detroit's not a good team. They're in the midst of a rebuild. Uh, you know, Dallas is okay, but no one's going to pick Dallas to be in the Western Conference Finals. So, um, based on what I've seen, and you're right, even Montreal, who's in a massive rebuild right now, I mean, as soon as they, other than the overtime goal, of course, because you only get one overtime goal, uh, but you know, in terms of the, the the first four goals in the game, as soon as Toronto would score, Montreal would score two minutes later. Yeah. And so I'm saying, yeah, the Leafs have enough offense to win a cup. Yes, but I don't believe they have enough defense. And you can, not only just fault defensemen, but because they play a kind of a gambling style. But 
defensively, but yes, including their defensemen. As far as I'm concerned, they do not have a stud franchise number one and two defenseman. And people can disagree with all they want, but that's a big part of the reason why they exited the playoffs in the first round the last two years. Weren't they picked to go several rounds last year? Yeah. I mean, well, they didn't. So that now, I agree with your earlier point. Nylander's in this contract holdout dispute, whatever you want to call it, situation. The Leafs can't afford to pay everybody max contracts. They're going to have to do that with Marner and Matthews. They just can't. No team can. That's what the Chicago up. They won their first cup. You know, i.e., they had to trade Dustin Bufflin as much as they loved him. So the Leafs are going to have to move somebody if they want those stud defensemen. And that's that's even if the other team's interested in making that kind of the other team, the other teams, whoever that might be. So you're not teams don't easily give up franchise defensemen. They're not going to do it right now. A team that disappoints has a slow start, it's going to miss the playoffs. That's where you get a, a shot to get a guy who can, you know, carry a team on its back. I.e., like you know, when uh, when uh, Anaheim got Chris Pronger in 2007, so they had Niedermeyer and Pronger. Well, guess what? They don't win that Stanley Cup against Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken. They don't win that Stanley Cup. I don't care who they would have played. With Pronger and Niedermeyer, they beat anybody. And they did. Uh, and But without Pronger and Niedermeyer, even if just take away Pronger, they don't win that Stanley Cup. Those guys scared the living crap out of everybody, who, all the forwards who went down the wing. They were tough, skilled, nasty, but nasty in the best way. You know, kind of like a, not quite Scott Stevens way, but intimidating, let's use that word. So and they they could play on offense too. So you need those kinds of players. I think I know I've heard some analysts on the hockey telecast say, well, you don't really need stud defensemen. Well, okay, and people will point out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, but I think they've got some like exceptional, you know, once in a lifetime players up front, like yeah. Sydney and Jenny Malkin. So uh, I think. Yeah, there have been teams who've won Stanley Cups that haven't been the greatest defensive teams ever. But like I'm saying, I just go by the fact that, you know, how the teams, when Toronto gets a lead, they still haven't gotten out of that habit of giving back the lead to the other team so far. And unless they change that, that's not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. Could they go a couple of rounds? Well, they better do that this year. Otherwise, you have to start wondering what's going on. At least a couple of rounds, I'm saying. All right, I don't think right now the defense is good enough. I miss this, Norm. You got to do this more often. But uh, I gotta. Yeah. I I want to play uh, here uh, a thousand shows. Uh, anything you want to? I'm gonna give you a couple names because I I know they miss you too. Also, Steve Carney, WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay, Florida. Anything? Because I know these guys are gonna listen. Anything you want to say yeah. to Steve Carney? Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm sure he agrees with me. It's nice to see Syracuse University football get back on the map. Uh, you know, seriously, I mean, they, you know, they, they almost pulled off a big upset winning at Clemson. It's one thing to take on Clemson, especially if it's a home game, but to beat them in their own ballpark, well, they didn't pull it off, but they were five minutes away or so from uh, winning, winning that, uh, that game. So Syracuse finally looks like the football program is back, I'm sure, as an alumnus of the school as well, Steve McCarney. Is pretty pretty happy to see it. it's been a long time coming. Uh, I mean, the last time when I say we Syracuse University alumni got to enjoy really good football with the club, 
uh, was back in the days when Paul Pascaloni was still coaching, just the end of the Donovan McNabb era when Dwight Freeney was just finishing up in the early part of the millennium. So since then, a few individual players have come out that have done well, but as a team, it's been pretty bad times uh, with Syracuse University football. But uh, uh, right now, boy, uh, Coach Dino and his staff have, uh, have done a great, great job uh, revitalizing the program and. Uh, it's good to see some sir. Steve is pretty happy about that. And of course, you know, Coach Beheim, the basketball program, they're always reasonably or better than reasonably competitive, and they always have a shot if they make the NCAA tournament of doing something pretty special. So uh, that's right. a staple there at Syracuse. So shout out to Steve and, and of course, John Nelson, my, my friendly footy rival, always gives me the gears about my beloved Chelsea Blues. So yeah, I miss those guys. They're all great. And you and I. That's All right, good a, a, couple, a couple more, because I, uh, if I don't mention his name, he'll, he'll get mad. Eric Cohen. Yeah. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. comment, no comment. <laughs> how much, here's my question, Joe. Uh, you're an accountant, I think. <laughs> so how much how much money did Eric make off selling his Blue Jay tickets last year? <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, Drew Ebanks. Anything about yeah. Drew? <laughs> well, Drew, Drew loves me, and I love Drew. I mean, All right. He, 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 you know, he, he appreciates my passion for sports. And, you know, I, I differ with people on the Raptors. I think I'm a little more neutral on the Toronto teams. Uh, but uh, I think he's agreed with the points I've made about Toronto and Boston the last couple of years. So I think Drew is uh, he's a great guy to have on Barnburner because as much as he'd like to see Toronto and Canada do well, uh, he is objective. Uh, he, knows his, he knows his hoops, and he's worked hard at hoops in terms of, you know, getting – promoting Canadian talent. I don't know if anybody's done it better than, than Drew Ebanks has he, I, I talking him, about Canadian talent. I call him Captain Canada. And one final yeah. one, uh, I have to, because every time I talk to her, she had a, a little bit of a hard uh, time the last uh, few weeks, a couple months. Mm -hmm. Nicole Monique. Nicole Monique, uh, yeah. you always ask me, Norm, say <laughs> something about your friend, Nicole Monique. I mentioned you're the legend, you're the icon. She is a legend. She's an icon. Nicole Monique, Norm, go ahead. Yeah, well, Nicole's a real sweetheart, a great lady, a great journalist. Uh, and, you know, um, when we would have her on, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, her beloved uh, alma mater, University of Michigan. Uh, you know, they've traditionally had a great, great football program, a pretty good basketball program as well. They were kind of like a two-sport power, not every year, but a lot of years they are. And, uh uh, she knows she knows her football. She knows her North American football very smart. I know, you know, like all of us, you know, you, you go through life. You have your struggles with uh, all kinds of things. And I know, um, you know, she's had some health issues, but uh, God willing, I hope she's well and or getting well or getting better. Uh, she's got a uh, her son's a handsome little guy. He could be a movie star, Joe. Unlike you and I, this man, well, no, no, Speak for yourself, man. Speak for yeah, yourself. Yeah. Well, me he's a him. little more handsome than you, Joe. Man, what are you talking about? Me and him are going to star in a movie. Come on, Norm. Get yeah, with well, it. Yeah. Well, I agree with the he part. I'm not sure about you or I, but anyway, uh, Nicole is great. She's such a great team player, helping us out at Barnburner. She knows her stuff on college football, and just a good person. You always want to see somebody. With a you know with a good heart and a great personality, a great mind, do well. So I keep my fingers crossed for her that everything will go well, and she'll she and her family will be in good health. And yeah, she she was a one of your best additions to uh, barnburner.ca, Joe for sure.
All right, uh, Norm, uh, this all kidding aside, uh, I echo those sentiments, but you're also one of the best. Uh, uh, too bad I don't hear you on radio airways, but the door is always open because I'm slipping Canadian Tire money in, and maybe I owe you a Starbucks coffee or a latte or, or uh, the tea or whatever you're having now. That's all. That's all. That's well, all yeah, okay, okay, Norm. Norm, you want some fries? How about you guys owe me like about ten Swiss Chalet dinners? Never mind. You and your buddy Harvey, Harvey, your limo driver. Yeah, the limo driver Harvey. Don't tell anybody that. Come on, we got a lim. He's got a new limousine for me. Everything uh, like amazing. But Norm, a thousand shows. Uh, You're more than welcome. The doors open every time. And uh, for you, you're you're a great person. Not many people know the the quality of individual you are. Uh, You can speak sports. I know you joke around about the Leafs, the Raptors, but what makes it even better, you're a quality, quality individual. And I I learned a lot of stuff from the broadcasting legend, the icon. So, Norm, I'll give you your last say here. You want to do a hammerhead alert or whatever, or you want to close it out? Go ahead. On the thousandth fired up. By the way, Norm, I'm not doing two a day. I'm doing four a day now. Four a day, and I'm pushing the ladies. The ladies are the future in sports here, and I'm pushing ladies. They got the CWHL, NWHL, the Blaze on uh, on Ice, the Blaze on Hoops. You got to listen to the ladies here. But, Norm, close it out, the thousand episode. All right, Paul, for those of you who remember me for the fans, 590. Hammerhead alert. Hammerhead alert. Of course, whenever Joe's on, there's always a hammerhead alert. <laughs> All right. And he's doing that sick. You see that? He is sick. Yeah, I get all choked up when I think about Joe. Yeah. <laughs> does it every time. Yeah, that's right. But uh, what a team player. Uh, again, uh, thank you, Norm, for doing this. This has been yeah. the thousand episode of Fired Up. With the broadcasting legend, the Hall of Famer, the icon, anything you want to name it, Stormin' Norm Rumack. Thanks a lot, Norm. Yeah, Joe, thanks, and uh, all the best, and God bless you and your family. You're a great family. you got great folks, great great sister. Uh, you got a great kid, a sweetheart. So I wish you and everybody, all the staff and the contributors at Barnburn and all your listeners. So thanks very much, Joe, and congratulations on the thousands. That's quite a benchmark. Good for you. Very happy for you. And here's to a thousand more. Best of luck. Thanks a lot. And by the way, Sarita still wants her present. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks a lot, everybody.